Hello, welcome to today's UK Run Chat podcast. Today we're joined by Jenna Pogue. She's a runner with Massey Ferguson Running Club in Coventry and Jenna has written a book all about her observations and thoughts on running, the kind of things that rarely get mentioned in how-to books. She wanted to capture all the little quirks that make up grassroots running and has just published it. It's called Running in Real Life. Hi Jenna, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you? Hi, yes, well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Really uh, nice to sit and talk to you today. Yeah, it's good. It's good of you to come on. So can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, about, you know, how you got into running in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, So I've been running since 2014. So I'm getting on for nine years now. And uh, honestly, I did it on a whim. (laughs) So everyone that I knew was running they were all running around me and I was adamant I'm not going to do this I'm not running you're not going to suck me in and then it must sort of get under your skin it must indoctrinate you a little bit because I woke up one morning and just said to my other half Stuart oh go for a run today and, like uh, and that. that was me wow. just like that that was it I uh, I put on some old trainers from the back of my cupboard which I really shouldn't have because they were not running trainers and they were they were a little out of date and uh, I went off for a run I did a I think it was a quarter of a mile from home and then back and I loved it. And, and that was it. I was hooked straight away. I was sort of coming back to my door thinking, hey, hang on a minute, I'm going to be good at this. <laughs> I'm not, but I thought I was that first day. Um, and pretty much straight away, I joined Massey Ferguson Runners, as you mentioned, uh, wow. and I've been with them ever since. I, I go all in. If I find something I like, I'm straight into it. After, you know, after that initial, I'm not doing this, then drew the line, started running, and that was it. I was off. Yeah. Oh, no, that's brilliant. I, I, it, yeah. I mean, it's good that you enjoyed your first run because my first run was horrendous actually I remember being in tears oh no so really it really didn't happen to you I, I stuck with it but I, I really didn't enjoy my first run oh that's a shame I mean I've, I've had runs since that have involved tears many of them but yeah that first one it went well thankfully otherwise I perhaps wouldn't be here today talking to you and wouldn't have written a book about it or been in the running club for for nine years yeah so how was it going along to a running club as a brand new runner then how was that experience uh, well, I had the, the same myths that I imagine most runners have, you know, these things in your head. So, you know, I thought, well, do you know what? It's going to be people who are far faster than me, far better than me, uh, far taller than me. <laughs> I, don't know why. I always imagined runners would be these really tall, slim sort of people. And actually, the truth is, we're sort of all different shapes and sizes. Um, I thought it'd be all men, because to me at that point, you know, all I'd seen was sort of men running. Um, but you know I, I'm not afraid to do these things so I just bit the bullet and went down and it did help my, my other half Stuart was in the club at the time so he he tried to sort of like buoy me along and say no you'll be fine um, and uh, so I joined up joined up online and actually the first thing I made it to was a social event I actually didn't make it to training for quite a few weeks or, or to any races I just went to their uh, I think it was their Christmas party was their first event so yeah so it was great for me joining the running club and going straight to a night out yeah, I think you, you chat about this a bit in the book early on, don't you, actually, about how yeah. runners are party animals, or the ones that you know, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they take their running somewhat seriously, but they take their drinking and their dancing and their disco in really seriously. I mean, that is one of the things I love about being in the running club. And it's one of the reasons I think I have stayed in it for so long is the social side. You yeah. know, the running's great. We have training uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. And there's opportunities to do lots of running, but there's so many opportunities to socialise, to chat, to have a drink with with people, to get to know new people. And I think that's what I loved about joining the running club. Uh, you know, all those myths, they were sort of dispelled immediately. It was just a great group of people. And, you know, my running club are fantastic, but it's not sort of unique. We must have four or five in Coventry alone who are all the same. 
and I imagine up and down the country there's those same running clubs everywhere just you know people having fun running socializing yeah it's nice to have just something in common I mean that's something that came across in your book actually it's just the the huge sense of community that Mm -hmm. runners have I mean it's everywhere isn't it it's park run it's running clubs it is it's uh yeah park run there's never more sense of community than at park run um you know that that Saturday morning regular event that you can get to, and especially these days with um, the inclusivity of Parkrun, you know the, there's park walking, there's Parkrun, there's junior Parkrun. It it just spans the whole range of, of what people want to do for running and exercise, and I absolutely love it. I just, I mean, I I know people who are on five six hundred Parkruns. I'm only on 102, I think, but those 102 runs have been brilliant. I love them. Yeah, I think, and you, you said you've done all those. Uh, mostly at your local park run haven't you so you will have got to know all the runners there yeah so my local is is Coventry we, we are lucky in in the Midlands we have loads and uh, I haven't quite made it to all of them yet but Coventry is ever so close to home for me and uh, my, my um, good friends uh, Jason and his family Phil and Joy uh, they started it and they run it with a, a great group of, of sort of volunteers and it's just a nice place to be at sort of nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. I just love it. Oh, no, I, I switch too. Sometimes I run it. Sometimes I walk it. Sometimes I volunteer. Sometimes I go, actually, and I don't do anything. I just end up standing chatting or I'm in the playground with friends, children, or just standing on the side cheering people on. And it's um, it's fantastic. I um, yeah, I think I've, I think I've probably been doing part one. I mean, I've done 102, like I say, and I've been doing it since I started. So I, haven't, I don't make it every week, um, but it's always there. And it's just nice to know. Yeah. Oh, well, let's let's go on. Let's move on to your book then. Okay. So, we yes. we as runners, we do we do go all in, don't we? And we do get very obsessive about running, and we love it, and we chat <laughs> everyone about it. Um, I would love to write a book about running, but it's something that I've never even thought I'll sit down and write a book. How does that happen? How do you even begin to start that process? Do you know? I think every runner probably could write their own running story. I mean, I, I wrote from my experience but as you know because you've read it other people contributed and told me their stories Um, but again it was a little bit of a whim which I can be prone to you know I started running on a whim and then there was one day in the pandemic like in the thick of lockdown when you really couldn't get out much and I started to panic a little bit that this amazing running community that we've just spoken about would start to dwindle or Mm. disappear or you know because no one really knew what was going to happen and I thought, you know what, I need to get some of these stories down, some of these crazy things, um, you know, that I've done, crazy things that my running friends have done, things like turning up to races on the wrong day and things like having to go to the toilet in the woods. Like, I can't just let them sort of disappear. They need to be in print. And uh, at the same time, my friend Penny had written a book about wild swimming with her friend Emma, and they just published it. And I was sort of sitting reading it. And I thought, you know what, they've done it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write a running book. And it was just a whim. Uh, Stuart, my other half, had been out for his sort of solo you know, 20 minute run or whatever you could have at the time. And he walked in the door and I was like, I'm writing a running book. And I think he thought, cause you know, like nine years ago, you said you were going for a run and now you sort of just announcing it. I was like, yeah, no, I've, I've set up an Instagram. I've set up a Facebook. I've set up a blog. I'm doing it. And uh, about 10 weeks later, I'd written the bulk of it really. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so just tell us about the structure of it. Cause it's, it's not your normal, this is what you do. You know, mm-hmm. it does have tips and, you know, a bit of advice in there doesn't it but I think it's very much a personal story isn't it almost tell us a little bit sure 
Yeah, so I didn't want to write a how-to book. You know, this this is how to be the perfect runner for, for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not an expert on running. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm not a professional writer. Um, three, that's not really my sort of style. I wanted to write a very anecdotal sort of book. I wanted it to be a bit like, those evenings where we'd sit in the running club socializing and talking about all the stories I wanted to have that feel you know like someone could a runner could pick it up and think oh yeah I've had this conversation with with uh, my friend after running Um, so yes the structure is is anecdotal it's conversational Um, as you say there are some hints and tips in there about running but it's all very tongue-in-cheek light-hearted I wanted it to be just a really nice easy to read book for runners you know something they could say well you know yeah that happened to me uh, you know, they might learn a little thing. Of, you know, God, I didn't know people had to go and use their running buff as toilet paper when they're in the woods. You know, that kind of thing. But most runners would know those. You know, they'd be the odd ones who might be surprised by that. But yeah, something um, that runners could relate to. Yeah, and I, th- I think that really comes across. Actually, it's oh, very conversational. Good. I find it really funny. I snorted on a few occasions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad. Whenever people tell me they've read it and they laughed, I feel like I've done what I set out to do. You know, I. I there are serious running books out there and this you know it's not to discredit them because I've read them all myself and they are all great and they're useful but I just wanted that you know will make people snort <laughs> that's what I live yeah, for I think it's just, it's very real I was nodding along to a lot of it going oh yeah oh, good oh yeah <laughs> yeah perfect that is that is what I wanted and I hope anyone who's read it will feel the same <laughs> so let's get on to kind of some of the stories in it um mm. really so you talk about clothing mishaps is a big one isn't it <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely. So when I talk about like clothing and kit mishaps, things like like for myself, I mean, I, I went to do a half marathon in France and I'm sort of strutting around thinking oh, I'm so clever. I'm this, you know, confident runner. I've got everything. I'm ready to go. And then when I'm digging around in my bag to put my vest on, it's not there. Um, and uh, not to give too much away from, from the book for anyone <laughs> yeah. who hasn't read it, but it was very neatly hanging up in my hotel room um, where I'd left it the night before because I didn't want to get my bib number, which was pinned to it, creased. So uh, I hung it up in the wardrobe and then just left my hotel merrily in the morning thinking, this is great. I'm going to run a half marathon. I'm going to be fantastic. Check me out. And uh, yeah, so sort of 45 minutes before I was due to run, I had this panic in a portaloo because oh, okay. I went in there to get changed. Panic in a portaloo. That could be a book title, couldn't it? Panic in a portaloo. Yeah, um, yeah I realised my, my vest was not with me at the race. It was a good two or three miles away at my hotel. I did get it. Again, spoiler alert, I got it back and I was able to run. But yeah, when I talk about kit mishaps, I mean those kind of things. And yeah. uh, it's not just me all runners do them forgotten vests forgotten trainers oh, like forgotten running shoes yeah we've done that before really mm. oh my god yeah. I um a, a chap who I mentioned the book uh often my friend Daniel's sort of the king of kit mishaps I mean he's done all sorts from like you know not having his trainers when he gets there to having two different trainers like a left shoe and a right shoe from different pairs and that kind of thing <laughs> Yeah, I think every runner will definitely be able to identify with that. Um, you also devote a whole chapter to toilet habits, Jenna. And I, I feel do. this is something we need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, when I told people I was writing a running book, so many of them said, oh, are you writing about wild wheeze? And I thought, yeah, do you know what? I am now that you've said it. Um <laughs> So even now, um, having written the book, people keep telling me more and more stories about their sort of toilet habits. And by that, I mean, you know, you're out on a run, 
you need to go where do you go what do you do do you have to just hold it in I don't, I don't know about anyone else but I certainly can't once once it's in my head I think I said it in the book you know the the thought of we 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 goes in sort of like a patter to the sound of my feet going you know I yeah, just yeah. can't tune it out um and uh obviously there's the other issue number two mm. that uh um, someone told me the other day that uh, they had to dive off into the woods mid-run and this is not sort of out in the sticks woods this is them in a very residential area just nipping into the woods behind some houses mid-run for number two and uh, they said the second they were crouched down with their trousers with their running shorts down some dog walkers come along oh no and red-faced and bare-bottomed and uh in front of everyone there's nothing they could do obviously but, uh, yeah so um lots of things like that you know uh, friends telling me that they've been caught short and had to use leaves as toilet paper mid run that it must be the worst i can't imagine the moss and <laughs> the books yeah. and things and yeah that's a reason to always run with the running buff isn't it just in case the buff yeah know. that uh, that multi-purpose yeah. buff i know i know many a runner who have lost a prized buff <laughs> had to <laughs> had to leave it out in a, a litter bin somewhere after a run <laughs> so let's chat a bit about because in, in the book um each chapter has well most chapters have a race report after it, yeah. don't they? So it's a collection of very personal stories. Not all your race reports, but mm-hmm. reports from friends. So let's just chat about a few of those. Tell us about your tell us about your race in Las Vegas that you, you Oh up. yeah. Okay. That's the first chapter, I think, isn't it? It is. So um the the first chapter's like sort of running firsts and so I put the race report in for that chapter. It was about my first half marathon, which happened to be in Las Vegas. Um, and and that's that goes back to what I said earlier about the running community. You know, the 15 of us, I think it was, went off to Las Vegas together to do the Las Vegas half and full marathons. And I don't think I would have ended up there if I'd been running on my own and hadn't joined no. a club. You know, I, don't, I can't imagine ever going, oh, you know, I think I'll go and run in Las Vegas. But, I, you know, in an after training social one night when the drinks were flowing and everyone was sort of peer pressuring each other into it, I found myself at home signed up to um, the Las Vegas half marathon. And it was epic. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Las Vegas or how many listeners will have been to Las Vegas, but it is the brightest, noisiest, most brash, loud, extravagant city that I've been to. And to run a half marathon there was incredible. It um, it runs all the way down the strip. Yeah. So you sort of run out towards the Las Vegas sign and then back all the way to the other end of the strip towards old Las Vegas and then straight back down to finish in the middle. And of course you pass all the magnificent sites on the way, the the hotel with the volcano that erupts and you know the um the MGM and the lions and all all this all the amazing the Bellagio fountains. Yeah. It was just an, a fantastic sight to see. And it was the uh, rock and roll series. So of course they put on a lot of music and singing and dancing and I just I mean, I'm not even sure I ran the race. I think I just danced and bounced and, like, you know, hopped up and down. And it was just, a, it was a dream for a first half marathon. I'm so glad it was my first one. Yeah, because am I right in thinking you weren't planning to do, you weren't planning to do the half marathon, were you? <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to do the 10K. Um, and I come home and Stuart, my other half, said, you're not going all the way to Las Vegas for a 10K. That's absurd. You can't pay that amount of money and take a week off work and a week away from home. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, do you know, I'm doing it. And then when I went on and saw the price, and thought, yeah, no, he's he's right. Yeah. I can't possibly go all the way to Las Vegas for a 10k. So did the only sensible thing and bumped it up to the half marathon. 
and you know he did the same and he he said i'm not going all the way to las vegas for a half so he did the marathon in the end (laughs) yeah yeah he um he did a couple of the couple of i think we were split maybe four or five did the full marathon and then the rest of us did the half but you know like like any good runner there were five k's that we took part in and you know things like we don't don't give ourselves any time to rest do we you know we no, All the way to Las Vegas, go. and we did. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I did the supporting on the five k, but yeah, a lot of those um, half marathon and marathon runners were out the night before. I think it, it's the lure of medals. So the more races you do over the weekend, uh, like a lot of sort of race series, you get more medals. Yeah. You get a 5K medal, a half medal. You get a medal for doing them both. You get a medal for doing a night and a day race, all that kind of thing. So they were walking around with so many medals on, like clanging by wow. the end of the week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think they give they even give medals away for if you can collect the set, you get another medal for the set, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And I think some of them had their international medal for running internationally. So honestly, I could see scrap men eyeing them up as they walked out with all their sort of bling jangling around their necks. It was it was brilliant. It was such a nice experience. I I want to go again and do that race again, but it will never be the same as that first experience with all my running club friends. You know, we're all in our kit. We're all, you know, there was, it's Las Vegas. So there were two twos and cowboy hats. And it was just, it's what I love about running. And, you know, I never want to discredit anyone who runs really fast or really seriously or really far. But for me, it's all about the fun and the colorful sort of running that I love. And that's what Las Vegas was. Yeah. That comes across very clearly in your book, actually, that you're all about just, enjoying yourself and having a yeah. lot of fun um just let's just chat about kind of the the motivation to do races and things like that there's obviously a lot of peer pressure within your club yeah <laughs> in the nicest possible way <laughs> yeah there what is. else have you been talked into that you wouldn't necessarily oh, have tried Oh, do you know, I got hustled into something called the Thunder Run, which is a 24-hour relay race. So yeah. there's, there's legs of 10K, uh, and it involves one of the things that I hate the most, which is camping. And you, you're there for 24 hours as a team, so you have to camp. You need to sleep at some point in those 24 hours. And, yeah, they hustled me into that once, but I have to admit, you know, joking aside, it was fantastic. I did uh, three legs over the course. I can't remember how many was in our team, but over the course of the evening, I got three chances to run. Um, one it sort of like lunchtime one then in the early hours of the morning about 12 midnight to one o'clock and then one again at sort of sunrise you know five six o'clock and it's all off-road it's all trail and then you're camping in between which you know I don't think I got a lot of sleep with everyone there but it was a fantastic thing to do and you know I wasn't it's peer pressure but in the nicest kind of way you know everyone just wants to do these fun things together so yes and I obviously you know um, every year there's all this talk about London Marathon and things and you know everyone in the club I, I say well I'm not going to I'm not putting my name in I'm not going to do another marathon and then you see well I've put my name in you think yeah no maybe I better had just just in case you know and that's the great thing you know we keep each other going we, you know there's there's always a potential that you could just you know dwindle out of something with life and work and all the other things going on but being in the running club has really sort of got that way of keeping you right in there right in the thick of it and motivated to to do more things yeah, and how how often do you run with your club? How often do you meet? Uh, well, I, I'm coming back off a bit of an injury, uh, so at the minute I'm I'm running once a week with them on a Wednesday. That's our main club training where we have we have groups from you know the the super fastest you can imagine in the club, 
all the way down to the other end of the scale, the people who are quite happy to run and walk. And we've got everything in between. Uh, so I'm running once a week with them. And then I'm hoping to get back to some Sunday running, which is our cross-country training. Uh, we do that all year. And then we've got uh, a coached interval session on a Thursday. I'd like to get to that. So hopefully one, or once at the minute, but hopefully up to about four times soon. <laughs> So yeah. as soon as I'm back up and running fully, but I'm nearly there. Yeah, you talk you talk about injury in oh, your yeah. book, don't you? You have an injury bingo sheet. Thankfully, <laughs> I only scored five. Five? Oh, well done. Um, and I've been running about twenty odd years, so oh, I think I've got off very very lightly. Um, what's what's keeping you off running at the moment? Um, pretty much everything in that injury bingo. So I mean, oh, wow. this was, no, 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 not, not <laughs> quite. Um, so what I had recently was, uh, it's less of an injury, more just of a, a condition, something called Morton's neuroma, which is like a nerve condition in the foot, um, right on the forefoot, right on the ball of the foot. So, you know, that area takes an absolute pounding, doesn't it? There's no way to get around it. You can't run without putting pressure through your foot. So, um, I had a couple of little procedures to fix that and I am actually fully all cleared now and ready and I am back running and ready to go. Um, but the injury bingo, I think over the years I've had them all. I mean, I had Achilles tendonitis within six weeks of starting running because of those chunky old running trainers that I mentioned. Um, and uh, I, I was just looking over the injury bingo, actually. I mean, I, don't, I think I probably scored all, what, 20 of them, but it's just the way they came out when I asked my friends, you know, what, what can I put in an injury bingo sort yeah. of grid? And I was thinking of things like, you know, Achilles tendonitis yeah. and that kind of thing, all the normal things, shin splints. And then my friends come up with things like shredded nipples, which I hadn't even considered. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, and that, that is something that affects quite a lot of people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So um, shredded nipples. My um, my friend Simon said, well, I ran into a post. Does that count? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It does. I think he got a bit of a groin injury from that one. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's just, you know, as runners, we find these uh, weird and wonderful ways to injure ourselves, don't we? We do, we do. I've, I've run into a bollard before. Oh, gosh, the okay. It's yeah. really common then. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me. I've also broken my toe on the on a duvet oh. cover. Um, oh, gosh. Which stopped me running for a bit. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of weird and wonderful things out there, isn't there? Are you the kind of runner that will carry on running and deny an injury, or will you rest <laughs> and rehab it? <laughs> Uh, I, I've been both. It really, yeah. it really depends. You know, if if I'm in that mood where I could easily just stay on the sofa and I'm fine to let running slide a little bit, which does happen. It happens to all of us. We lose our mojo. You know, I, the slightest thing I could have a little splinter, but better not run. I better leave it. You know, I need to repair and heal. And then the far other end of the spectrum, you know, I can um, have you know a broken ankle and well, I'm really looking forward to this race so I'll just do that one and then I'll see if it's okay so I, I mean I can be both but I, I I try to do the right thing and with this most recent injury or this condition really the Morton's neuroma I, I have done the right thing and I have stopped running until it was all sort of signed off and cleared yeah. um, and that's never easy is it that's it's um, not it's not we have to just sit back and just give up something that we love for a while don't we yeah. And, and I mean, there's many times where I'm, you know, due to go out to a room when I'm fit and healthy and think, oh, I can't be bothered. I just want to stay in and eat a donut. And then, you know, when you have this enforced break from running yeah. because of an injury, it's suddenly so different. It, it, you just, all you want to do is get out. Yeah, that, that's funny, that, isn't it? Let's let's chat a bit about that, because you do talk mm. about Missy Mojo in your book as well. Um, yeah. And it does afflict us all every now and again. How do you how do you get over that? Or do you just roll with it and take a few days off? I, I'm trying to roll with it and I have for a few years now. If I mean, I think I've learned my lessons the hard way um, through lots of 
you know, years of running and rookie mistakes that forcing your body into things that it isn't sort of prepared for, isn't ready for, needs to have a break from, you know, I, I've done it and it's the wrong thing to do sometimes. So yeah, my mindset at the minute is let's just roll with this. And I do have some of the, you know, like swimming and cycling and yoga, which all complement running. So I try to tell myself, well, you know, do you know what, do those things and, you know, you're still in the loop, you're still getting your fitness, you're still, you know, contributing to your running because all those things do help. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to roll with it. It's not always easy, though. Yeah, it's, and I think it's hard when you do run for fun. If you get to the point where you're not enjoying it, you don't want to force yourself out and do it, do you? No, that's it. And the, the other thing is that we're so sort of surrounded by social media and you see everyone running. You see all your friends running, you see clubs, you see strangers running. <laughs> that's the worst thing. How can you be jealous over a stranger running? But you know, you are. Oh, my God, look at them doing that summery, sunny 5K while I'm stuck here at home. I hate them. <laughs> Uh, but you know that that's the the, the curse of <laughs> being in the running community on the flip side of all that good stuff is that you, you see it and it, it can be it can be hard at times but uh, it, it's good to give your body a rest when you need it and I'm really trying to commit to that in the next sort of wave of my running as I come past yeah. it a year or so of injury I want to I want to be sensible yeah so I mean what have you got coming up next have you got anything booked in race wise yeah I've got my first race back after this last injury and the surgery that went with it so it's a 5k I I, you know I nearly said it's just a 5k then but that's something I'm stopping myself from saying because I've always been a big believer and a big advocate for any distance on your own two feet is just epic you know I, I think being in a running club and again it's kind of the the flip side of the community which is wonderful but you're so surrounded by amazing people doing amazing distances it feels commonplace it feels like everyone's doing it and actually it's not running's still like really quite an elite thing in in the nicest possible way you know there's there's not millions and millions of people running marathons every day even though it feels like it um so yes i'm doing a 5k in a couple of weeks it'll be my first one after injury and I've just been out uh, this morning to buy myself a new running club vest because somehow I don't know in three years mine seems to have shrunk in the drawer I'm gonna blame sort of drawer fairies for just uh, <laughs> making it shrivel up because <laughs> it did not fit me this morning when I tried to put it on um, so I've been out and bought a new one got some new sh- trainers ready to go for that first 5k oh good oh, well, I hope that one goes well thank you Yes, you are. Uh, uh, for the benefit of our listeners who can't see, we, we are on video at the moment and Jenna is wearing a London Marathon oh, yes. top, haven't you? Good spot. Yes, this was uh, 2017 London Marathon. I um, ran for the Brain and Spine Foundation charity. Yeah. Uh, with my friends Dave and Kelvin, um, we raised I think we raised about nine thousand between us for the charity, having quiz nights and and bake sales and raffles, and and that's one of the perks of being in a running club. We were able to do that because we we have the people around us, and uh, that was my first marathon. So my first half was Las Vegas, and my first marathon was London. Wow! And it was just the best day. I it, it would be a really hard one to try and explain. I just I just loved it. And, I won every runner. I know it can be a contentious issue, the ballot and, you know, oh, who gets to do yeah. it. But I really hope that everyone who wants to do it gets their chance one day. Just sit tight. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's coming for you. Yeah, it is It is becoming, it does seem to be increasingly difficult to get in. Let's, let's talk about the ballot. I mean, do you mm. put your name in every year? I do. I always say I'm not going to because I say, I don't want to do another marathon. It's hard work training. It eats up your life. But then every year I'm like, yeah, no, I can't, I can't miss out. <laughs> I have to put my name in. Um, and obviously at the minute with the pandemic rollover, it is going to be hard to get in. But, you know, 
I'm in a running club, so we have three places every year, yeah. or three or four, depending on numbers. So there's always that route as well. I always pop my name in that uh, in that raffle as well, see if I can get a place. I haven't been lucky again. Well, actually, that that year, 2017, was a charity one, but uh, haven't been lucky in the ballot yet. No, no. Your other half has been quite lucky in the ballot, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he has. And uh, yeah, I did mention it in the book, and it is okay to strongly dislike him for this, but he has been successful, I think, in four or five ballots. Just... Wow, that's incredible look. Yeah. I know, it is. And I mean, he, he's been successful in club ballots as well as the general ballot. Um, and, you know, the, the first marathon he did it was in the general ballot. He didn't particularly train very well he did it he finished it which is still an achievement but he will tell you that he learned his lesson severely after that yeah. first one and he has never taken training lightly again so although he has been successful in four or five of them you know he really does it a, a sort of a justice now he gives it the oh, well, respect it deserves yeah, that's, yeah. That's good. I think before you've done that marathon distance it's hard to to understand how it's going to feel isn't it it is yeah it's it's such a, a different thing and you know that people people process it in different ways and I know um, non-runners will say well you know it's just x amount of 10ks or it's just two half marathons but it, it it's far more exponential than that it's not just doing two half marathons one after the other it, you know that second half is so different it, it's a real feat and I have so much time and respect for anyone who, who's ran any distance but marathons and beyond are just epic they take so much time out of your lives for mm, training yeah. and so much energy and so much emotions uh, I think I said it in the book you know running isn't just this sort of straightforward thing you, there's ups and downs there's so many tears yes there are <laughs> while we're talking about big races there was a, mm. a little bit in the book that I particularly enjoyed which was I was overtaken by <laughs> Yes, and it made me think back to my second experience of the London Marathon, where I got oh, wow. overtaken by somebody running dressed as Jesus Christ, barefoot, <laughs> carrying a cross. Wow, barefoot. Yeah, that's epic. I, I I have seen someone running as Jesus Christ. I was spectating this year's London Marathon, and there was a there was a chap. Well, I mean, it, it could have been the same one. It could have been different. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, how common a costume that is maybe <laughs> the same guy I didn't notice if he was barefoot or not I wish I'd taken more attention but yes I was overtaken by um there's a chapter it just came about organically I wasn't planning it but I think I was overtaken myself one day by something really random and I just popped an Instagram post out saying what were you overtaken by and all of a sudden like you know I'd Instagram had like you know, must have caught an algorithm or people just yeah. loved this particular thing because I was inundated with the most bizarre things that people had been passed by. So I thought, well, you know, that's got to be a chapter. Um, things like, I mean, one of my favourites, someone told me they were passed by two runners dressed as jacket potatoes. Jacket potatoes. And, I know, and I've never been able to get any more context on that. I mean, it, if, any, if, if those two people are listening, maybe they can let us know why they were running as jacket potatoes. Yeah, please do. I'd love to know. Yeah, I mean, it's baffling, isn't it? But I mean, things, you know, people being overtaken by a giant banana, a giraffe, a caterpillar, all the normal sort of stuff, a kayak. And then you've got, as you know, a kayak's not kayak's that normal, not is normal. it really? <laughs> Maybe it is when you're a runner. I mean, perhaps we've seen enough of them. But uh, yeah, the honey monster was another one that was uh, overtaking someone. Lots of people getting overtaken by rhinos. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the big uh, charity out there. Um, a spectator in very high heels who jumped on the course to run with a friend. I mean, who's running in from in high heels? Crikey. Wow, that's hard work. Yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy writing that chapter. It's one of my yeah. favourites. No, that really made me chuckle a lot. Um, another bit that made me laugh was just the section about race photos because why, <laughs> why do we always look so bad in race photos? I have no idea. I, you know, I'm starting to. 
I've always blamed the photographers, but I'm wondering now if it is just me. <laughs> like, I think, well, I, uh, I, do you know what my problem is? I always want to give a cheer or something back to the photographer or the marshals on the side. So every photo of me just happens to catch me mouth open. Oh, uh, okay. And then, you know, I see these these people doing these amazing sort of jumps and these amazing shapes that they do when they see, you know, their feet in the air flying for the camera. And so I attempt to do something like that, but it doesn't go to plan. So that's why my race photos are bad, because I'm halfway through a, a poorly executed jump and my mouth is open. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I tried to jump mid-race, I think I'd probably fall over and it would make a very entertaining photo. That's it. That's what I think. Yeah, the, the aftermath of that is not worth it. I'll, no. um, I'll stick to my my race photos. I always end up with what I call corned beef legs for some reason. They all seem to capture me just as I'm on that point in the run where my feet are really firmly planted into the ground. There's no spring or sprightliness to me. And so then that pushes all my sort of leg fat up and it all just, you know, crumples around the top of my thighs. And it to me, it looks like corned beef. It's, it's the most unflattering thing but i will share those race photos forever in a day because yeah. they're my race photos i've done it i mean by all means if you don't want to share them you know you, you don't want them to be seen you're not comfortable don't but i'm putting mine out there if, if, if anyone goes on my instagram they'll see possibly the worst um race photo ever my arms are out my mouth is open my tongue is out i'm in the bottom left hand corner of the frame but that one is on the photographer I, you know you can't blame me for that and it's just awful, but I'm going to keep sharing them because that's real winning, isn't it? And that's, I mean, that's you know what, what I wrote a book it about. Is. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And I think we should be proud of those photos because they capture, even if we're finding it tough, they capture that those moments when we're finding it tough and we just get through it. Exactly. I, I'm in a, a Facebook group. I think it's uh, Run Mummy Run. And every so often they say, share, share your favourite race photos with us. And always it's the ones people start uh, their sort of comment with oh I don't really love this because my face is doing this or my legs are doing that but I wanted to share it because I'm proud of it and it, you know it, it is what it has. it's just a snapshot isn't it you know it's it's not what we look like for the whole race so you know no. sh- share your photos oh, enjoy absolutely. them be proud of them yeah yeah um let's let's do some quick fire questions then which Ooh. I thought I'll ask you some quick fire questions inspired by the book <laughs> okay Okay, so number one, best race sign you've ever seen? Oh, best. Okay, I really want absolutely crap me up the day. Um, at least you're not at work. <laughs> true, very true. True, yeah. <laughs> uh, miles or kilometres? Miles. Okay, yeah, I'm the Don't same. know kilometres. I do kilometres for distances, mm. but miles for pace. Okay, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm miles and miles for both. Oh, good. Yeah. Favourite race distance? 10k. 10k so accessible yeah yeah doesn't take as much training i guess exactly and then you know you, you sort of you're done you're having lunch within a few hours aren't you you can get home you can get get for your uh, your lunch and your cake you're done you've got your medal i love it yeah. 10k nice and accessible absolutely road or trail oh road always yeah. too many too many twigs and things to trip on i will trip <laughs> over them even if they're not there so it's got to be road but less, less opportunities for a wild wee, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can't be doing that in the uh, the street, can you? Bucket list race. Oh, um, I'm not sure what they're called, but any of the races that take place at Disney, I guess Disney races, you know, yeah. Disney, oh, wow. uh, Florida or Disney in Paris, but they're so expensive. Are they? they're, they're really lifetime bucket list races. So one of those one day, I want to run with, uh, you know, Pluto or <laughs> you know the Little Mermaid or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and first thing you do after a run? Oh, gosh, this is embarrassing, but I sit in the sweaty chair for way too long. 
The sweaty chair. The sweaty chair. So it's uh, it's an old chair that Stuart and I have popped into the garage uh, and chucked loads of throws and a bottle of Febreze next to. And it's where you just come in. We should come in, get straight in the shower, get changed, and then sit and go on Facebook and Strava and Instagram. But I don't. I sit in the sweaty chair for far too long, um, waiting for Strava kudos to come in, <laughs> waiting for like pings to come on the you know the sweaty selfie i've just posted so yeah first thing i do in the sweaty chair oh brilliant okay <laughs> right let's finish, let's finish off then with your top tips for running because you do share a few tips in your mm-hmm. book don't you about yeah about tips for running in general what would be your three say your three tips? okay three okay um number one you're the one who's running you know, it's no one else. And it is really easy to be inspired or or even pressured in some cases by what other people are doing. But that's their running. And it doesn't matter if they're going further or faster than you. Just run your own races and training. Um, Two, I, for me, I think embracing the social side is so important. Um, Go to the club events because actually actually your club are there and they're putting these things on. Support them in races, support them in social events, support them at uh, club events. Yeah, fully embrace that social side. It's fantastic. It's the best. Um, Number three, uh, I guess, I mean, it's a cliche, but you have to listen to your body, don't you? Yeah. You have to do the running. Um, That's right for you. So if you are injured, I know it's hard listen to what your body needs you know I sort of flippantly joked earlier I could have a broken ankle and I'll just do this last race but you know be sensible because I think you want to ensure some longevity in your running don't you we all do we don't want to be running just for the next year we probably all want to be running till the last point that we can absolutely yeah awesome great tips there very very wise advice not yeah they weren't tips as such were they They were more like just uh advice musings but uh, hopefully, you know, they, they can land with somebody who needs to hear them. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today, Jenna. Thank you. Thanks. So much. You too. Yeah. So please tell us where we can buy the book Running in Real Life. Oh, OK. Brilliant. So um, I have a blog website. It's in the early stages, but it's runninginreallife.com. If you go there, there is a link uh, to where you can buy it. It's on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. I believe WH Smiths have just uh, picked it up for online ordering. So you can get it there. Um, but actually, what I noticed the other week, oh, it is, I'm strangely proud of, is that if you Google it now, it's actually coming up. So if you just Google running in real life, it is appearing in one of the top searches, which it wasn't at first. And it, there's been a lot of work in the background. Um, it's like I've been having two jobs. I've got a full-time job. I'm not a professional writer. So um, I work till sort of four o'clock and then come home and do some hours trying to market this book in the background and so for it to now appear when you google search it's um it's a a nice achievement and i'm quite proud of that so yeah it's out there yeah yeah well done because you've published this yourself haven't you i have it's self-published but uh, i have to give a shout out to a lady called alison the proof fairy because i want although it's self-published uh you can do anything really you can put any book out you want i wanted it to be a real sort of uh, valuable book that runners, you know, c- could, um, you know, enjoy reading. Um, so she edited, she she helped me with um, the formatting and everything. I wanted it to be as professional as possible, although it was self-published. Um, yeah, it's about, been about two years in the making, but it's there now, ready for everyone to read and nod along with and, and laugh, hopefully, and snort. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Well, thank, thank you, you very much, Jenna. And hopefully our listeners, if they've enjoyed listening to your chat today, um, can go and seek out your book and have a read because I certainly enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It's been really nice chatting today. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>